Welcome back to the Edgeverse Enigma podcast. This week, we're chatting with special guest Michael Carter, professor and program coordinator at St. Lawrence College. This episode, we'll be diving into mixed reality and the MetaQuest 3, interdepartmental and institutional collaboration, and the evolution of the Making the Metaverse podcast and on the blockchain.ca. You won't want to miss it. Michael. Thank yeah. you for coming on the bus for the Edgeverse Enigma, being the first guest on the bus. Man, I'm honored. I didn't realize I was going to be the first one to do this. Uh, this is really fantastic. Uh, I, I I have a lot of uh, feelings. Like uh, I feel adventure, and uh, I feel also like home and cozy. And uh, I love the uh, the the Star Wars in the epoxy table. That uh, I guess you can't see, but I'm sure you can see a little bit. The whole share it's yeah. so great. Like uh, I just uh, there's such a good vibe here, and uh, it and also it's uh, the first time that we've met in person. Um, it's been a great day. You know, I've 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 um, I never get to do this. Right. I never get to like hang out with people before I do a show, and uh, it, it, it it's good. I like it. Yeah, I think it gets ideas percolating, and it just gets everything going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the, the, one of the things that are, is in the back of my mind also is like, don't like steal. Like I had this fear of like, oh, we're going to like be talked out and you know, like spend all of our ideas and then like have nothing to talk about on the show. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think I think it's, it's, it's great, uh, great warm up for sure. And I think I wrote down a couple of the points we were talking about and we'll remember others and something that we can go back to. Yeah. 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 Um, and you just, you just rolled in from Ottawa this morning uh last night i came in last night okay yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah being slept in the walmart parking lot so with another bus last night and uh, now i'm here did you meet the other like bus person unfortunately not they pulled in later and then uh they were leaving in the morning so i didn't get to meet them but but uh, they're like another like van life person yeah yeah they yeah. had uh, they had, like trees on the side of their bus and everything so they they must be traveling around <laughs> and have you have you like met any other like van life people yet like is that do you think that's a thing like oh it's it's definitely a thing yeah like i've met a couple people but um i've I'm part of a few Facebook groups, so okay. when I, like, this this two weeks has been a little hectic getting on the road, but once we're fully on the road, then I'm sure yeah. I'll be, like, messaging people yeah, and yeah. doing some meetups and everything. Yeah. And uh, you um, are on your own now. Like, you had, like, a, a group from Conestoga with you up until yesterday? Up until Friday. Up until Friday. Week, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was the one week with Conestoga. We went to Sudbury, Timmins, North Bay, and then yeah. I headed to Ottawa, and they headed back to Kitchener, so. It's yeah. warmer down here. Yes. Yeah. It's actually, uh, I, was, I was saying to you, like last night, I was fine asleep without my gear on. Yeah. In Ottawa, that was not the case. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is great. I, I'm just so happy and pleased and just, uh, I feel like a cool kid today. So thanks. <laughs> oh, thanks. And I'm, I'm not something I felt growing up. So it's nice. It's nice <laughs> yeah, to have right a little back of the bus. You know, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that uh, you feel comfortable. And, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool having the first person in the bus. Oh, it's, it's great, man. It's great. But uh, I guess uh, to start off uh, for the audience, can you give a little bit of background uh, from looking at your LinkedIn back in the day? You worked at GNC. And yeah. Now you're a professor here at yeah. St. Lawrence. So yeah. Yeah. Path? It's a long story. I'll try and keep it short. Um, uh, you know, how did I get here? I guess, uh, you know, I, um, I didn't get an education after high school. That wasn't uh, really part of my family life. And, uh, so uh, I just kind of worked for a couple of years. Uh, I uh, I worked at GNC, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and, uh, and then I, uh, lived in a yoga center for a couple of years in, oh, okay. in uh, Western Massachusetts. Um, and, uh, that was wild. That's a whole other podcast series, I think. <laughs> um, were you and, a yoga instructor? At uh, so I learned how to teach there. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and, uh, let's see, I came back to Canada. I had no idea what to do with my life. I was just like completely lost. And, uh, I, um, thought about maybe getting some studies, getting some education. Um, I took a single course at Ryerson. Okay. Go right high in, uh, 2000 and like three okay. something, um, in business. I had no idea what I was doing with my life. Uh, at the same time I was, uh, working for the YMCA and getting some like professional kind of ish kind of training and development. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, that, uh, first course in Ryerson, uh, ended, uh, with, uh, well, it proceeded to me doing full-time studies at Queens, um, just down the street from St. Lawrence college here. Yeah. Uh, then doing some studies at, uh, the university of Toronto, uh, and then back to Queens for more studies. Um, and then, uh, I left, uh, my PhD program after six or seven years, uh, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, had been borrowing for too long. It was way overextended. Right. Um, and so, uh, I found myself, uh, doing roofing work. Oh, actually. Okay. Um, so it was kind of like a, a weird moment for me where, you know, I, I, I kind of had this like you know, doing nothing with my life and then like, like tried to do something with my life. And then not that roofing is nothing, but like, you know, I was, I was doing just labor, basically carrying shingles. Right. And, and it's hard work. Oh, yes. um, and, uh, but it's work I could have done before I got an education. So it was kind of like, wow, like what was that all about? Um, and, uh, so I did that for about a year um, and then I started working at, uh, at the Smith school of business, uh, did that for a year and then got hired as faculty at the college. So back on the, like, wow, like, okay, like, you know, that thing that I did in the middle, like it's taken me somewhere now. Right. Um, and, uh, the work that I, the, the program that I'm in is in applied science and computing. Um, and, uh, that's tied to, um, I guess my work as a, as a surveillance scholar primarily. Uh, looking at the uh, collection, uh, the sharing and analysis of personal data. Okay. Um, so I, that's me trying to keep things really short. Okay. <laughs> no, no, very interesting <laughs> to, to hear the background. And I didn't know about the roofing in there. Yeah. It's all the transitions. Wild. It's, it wild. wild. It's been wild. Yeah. And so you brought up YFCA and obviously yeah. we, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Like you were saying, we're hanging out before this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious what got you interested in virtual reality? And because when we were talking earlier, you mentioned at the YMCA, you did some of that more hands-on training. Like, mm. did that like spark part of the idea about virtual mm -hmm. reality? Or no, not at all. Um, although I think about it often, and as right. we were talking about earlier, certainly like high application for sure. Yes. Um, so I, the chain of events is uh, I was doing it in my PhD work. I was looking at. Uh, financial and mobility uh, systems, particularly in the context of public transit. Um, and uh, so I was, I was looking at uh, the, uh, the different sort of um, networks, like, uh, let's say, like uh, public transit 
and then like commuter trains mm-hmm. and like bike shares and uh, parking lots and tolls and like how uh, we have all of these sort of uh, mobility networks with different payment systems attached to them and sort of thinking through uh, how they could be integrated or why they aren't integrated uh, because I'm not an engineer. I'm uh, what I call a socio-technical researcher. So I look at the intersection of technology with uh, economics and politics and culture, I guess. Um, and uh, so uh, at some point, um, I started thinking about how uh, cryptocurrency could enter the chat and be a part of that. Um, uh, what it Could it serve a purpose in that respect? You know, thinking through um, creating this sort of integrated, unified uh, system where you could just have, um, say, let's say one account that would allow you to then pay through all of the the different systems. Of course, now we have, uh, you know, uh, with not a surprise that, you know, uh, MasterCard, Visa, Amex have, have solved that problem, right? Now it's just tap and pay anywhere you go. And so like, in, for example, in New York City, you know, when I visit there, I just tap on the on the line and they figure it out. Right. Okay, once you hit a max in a week, we won't charge you anymore. It's all taken care of, right? right. Um, and there were some constraints uh, also with like cost and, and time of transaction, which, you know, Visa, MasterCard are experts. That's what they do, yeah. right? Instant payments low cost right um and uh so anyhow but that was a while ago and um and so uh when i i was found myself exiting the the doctoral program thinking like what do i do with my life now where do i come from here i thought i was going to be a university professor and now i'm not um and uh so I, I was like, okay, I've got to like make my way in the world. I've got to like get out there. And, and I thought, okay, well, what if I did like a, like a blockchain uh, media platform for Canada, for, for Canadians, right? Uh, which was a dumb idea, obviously, because how one person could cover that would, you know, this is ridiculous, it's a silly idea. That's um, how it starts though. How it starts, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and then uh, very soon after that, um, so, so, so around that time, very soon after, um, uh, and uh, the NFT boom was happening and, uh, I like talking to people. I like meeting people. And, and so I, and, and I was spending a lot of time hanging out on Instagram, which is great for NFTs because it's, it's image based. Right. Um, and so I just kind of ended up finding myself like reaching out to nft artists you know as a blockchain technology for those that aren't you know familiar with that um and uh saying hey you know uh why don't i write a story about you and your artwork and and uh get you some some exposure right um and uh a lot of people were like yeah sure so that's what i started doing i just started like meeting people getting into the web3 community and um it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, you know, despite the, what was going on in the media, you know, media narratives of like scams and rug pulls and all these things, there's really amazing people yeah. at web three. And I'm so, um, lucky that I got to meet all of these people. Um, and then of course the NFT market crashed. Right. And, uh, but I noticed that, um, I noticed that people that were, that were working in like, 
clothing and wearables. Like there was this kind of like corner that wasn't getting quiet. And they, they, people were still working and still. And at the same time, a similar time, you know, the metaverse was being kind of catching a little bit more of the mainstream attention. And I started thinking, you know, I think there's something here. I think there's like, there's a growing field of interest. Um, so let me go and just take a look over here. And at the same time, I had the idea of, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll do a podcast. Like, I don't, it sounds like fun. I'm going to try that out. Um, and so, uh, I started doing, uh, consciousness stream of consciousness. The early podcasts are crap. They're just me like forcing myself to just like do it. Like, you know, just do the thing and figure it all out later. And I would just get on and just like random stream of consciousness. Uh, so, so a little bit of backstory there. Um, I'm trained also as a geographer, as a human geographer. So this sort of idea of space kind of caught my interest. So I just started thinking through topics of interest that I had come across as a ge human geographer and thought about, you know, what does virtual space mean for this? What does it look like? And, and sorry, just for those that don't know, and since I don't know exactly like a human geographer, is that kind of like going back to the like parking lots and like, and, uh, it's buses it's, and everything and like well, how people interact with the world. Yeah, like it, it's, yeah. you can think of it as like understanding human activity okay. tied to a particular location. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, and so, um, and so I started with that and then I reached out to some of my NFT Web3 folks and, and, and uh, said, you know, oh, you, you know, you're, you're doing this, uh, you know, this digital clothing thing. Like, why don't you come and talk, come and talk on the show? Um, and, uh, and once I started interviewing people, I stopped doing stream of consciousness right away. It was just like, I'm just doing interviews now. Um, and the idea for me, you know, behind the show was a very, very broad interpretation of the metaverse. Um, you know, for me, I'm a pro I've, I've approached it in the sense of whatever it is that, uh, you know, that digital layer that intersects with our lives. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it and I'll talk to people about it. Um, and so as a result, the show is not always just, you know, talking specifically about VR, you know, I've had other, I've had a lot of other people come and talk on other topics related to the metaverse. Yeah. But it's largely sort of around, uh, you know, topics related to blockchain, related to VR. Now, you know, I, I expect a lot more augmented reality yes. to uh, into the chat, um, and uh, uh, even some some. You know, I'm interested even like uh, you know, as I was saying to you earlier about the talk I'm preparing for the business school on collecting data from augmented reality and fashion. Right. Like for me, like that's all part of it right even the people that are not you know even things that are not explicitly in the metaverse there's tremendous technology that makes it possible yeah. and i'm in interested metaverse. in that as well right yeah. so so that's basically what the i think the show has kind of been about and why it's not always just about like uh you know a, a specific vr platform or application per se right yeah. for sure for sure and 
to take to take a step back and on like the educational side um, and what you're doing at St. Lawrence College, like what are some of the projects that you're working on and making the metaverse and, and bringing into into the world? Yeah, so um, so I'm new to the college. Um, I just started in January, and uh, so in the first term, I did some very light integration into the curriculum. Uh, one example would be uh, creating. So I did a couple of things, but one of the things that I did is is uh, create brought in uh, virtual assets for our computer hardware class, so that students could um, could enter into a world in spatial and see a CPU, a hard drive, a, a memory stick, a fan, a power supply unit, a, 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 an actual computer case, and just give them the opportunity to interact with those digital assets. Um, so that's something that I did in, in, the, in that first semester. And then um, uh, now, in, now what I'm really working on, honestly, is, is introducing uh, faculty to the to the space, putting the headsets on them and getting them to think through, you know, exactly what you're doing, which is, you know, how can we integrate this into curriculum? Uh, so, you know, you, you've got a bunch of amazing modules. I tried one of them this morning. The firefighting module is fantastic. Thank you. It's so wonderful. It's all our um, team. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, so, you know, I think for me, the, the, the main thing that I'm trying to achieve is just to get those uh, conversations going and get faculty exposure so they can think through how they can apply their domain knowledge uh, uh, to, uh, to VR and AR in an education setting. And, you know, one of, as we talked about this morning, like, you know, one of the biggest things is to, is to get people um, uh, away from the idea of, you know, VR as uh, a virtual classroom with desks and chairs and, and somewhere to put the slides, you know, to, to get really into that, uh, get them thinking about that immersive and experiential uh, piece. And so, you know, your, the work that you've done is fantastic. I haven't created anything like that, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess with that, like, why do you think that's so important and why are you pushing educators at St. Lawrence? You're talking to so many people and educators across other universities and colleges on making mm -hmm. the metaverse. Like, is it just because you're th so enthralled with virtual reality? Um, is it because there's maybe being declines in enrollment? Uh, obviously a big discussion. Like mm. what is the, the drive um, for you? Um, I think for me, it's a new space and that makes it exciting as hack. Right. Right. Like it's novel, but it's also powerful. And and so I'm a bit of an evangelist in that respect. Yep. You know, like I'm sure people maybe there's some people like, oh, gosh, Michael, he's going to talk about VR again. I mean, he's sure they think the same. Thing <laughs> me, so. Yeah, I, li I literally I'm walking around the college with my MetaQuest 3 headset in a box since <laughs> I got it um, just to just to get people to see it and say, like, the technology's here and try to get people to try it. And. And it's actually interesting that like there's a lot of people that aren't interested, not excited. I gave a I gave a lecture to uh, a guest lecture at a business class this week, and uh, you know, it was very interesting. Yeah, I said, how many people here are ex are using this technology? Or or, or oh, oh, it was uh, I have the MetaQuest three here. It's here. 
Uh, how many of you would like to try it out? Not a single hand. Really? No interest, you know, but in my computing classes, there's lots of interest. Right. People, you know, they're Why writing right up is. to me. Um, I, uh, I guess it must be opportunities for exposure, you know, um, now, now that being said, uh, I'm also working with a uh, computer programming course, uh, students this semester. So that there's probably, I'm going to say that actually that those are the students that are, that are really, uh, um, excited by the tech because right. they're already creating assets for VR and AR. It makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, so, so I was a bit surprised actually, it was kind of like, you know, Hey, look at this. And then like, not a lot of interest. Um, and so, you know, that that's okay because it means that, um, there's an opportunity there, uh, for me to, to be the person that says like, no, you really got to try this. Yes. Um, yeah. And obviously that's kind of talking about students and maybe they're just like, I'm here for class, man. I, yeah. I don't want to go into a headset and look goofy in front of my classmates. Yeah. Um, but then you're also talking about like professors and not yep. to, to bash any other professors, but like, what do you think is the reason that some professors might not be interested is just like, they have the course material set up and they're good to go. Um, yeah. I mean, there's always that for sure. I think, you know, people that are set in their ways, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you know, I think that's a, that's a, that's a generalization about people that are late in career for sure. Um, I think really, I mean, part of it just is not having the experience. And we were talking about this earlier about how, like, you know, you can watch a YouTube of a VR, AR uh, module experience, um, and it just doesn't do it. Like, it's not it. You've got to put the headset on. And so when I do that with other faculty, um, they're just blown away. You know, they're just like, this is amazing is incredible but the the for me you know and we talked about this earlier and you probably you know as because of how much work you've done in the space and how many how many um modules you've created and different domains that you're in you know uh, you you can probably see that you know there are a lot of obstacles for faculty you know they might very well say this is fantastic and awesome and i could see how this could be really useful but they don't have the skill or the time to generate or create that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And like we were talking about, it's really that, that next tool that hopefully will yeah. come in the next couple of years. That is the the PowerPoint of VR where you can create it. And yeah. You're mentioning like Sketchfab and those asset mm -hmm. libraries are starting to build yeah. towards that. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think like, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm, I don't see myself per se, as the developer or the engineer in this. Uh, I see myself more as, like I said, the evangelist, uh, more like, you know, getting, getting people to, to see the potential. And I don't, and I, and I don't want, I'm, I'm, I don't see myself as going out and then teaching faculty. Like, I'm not like, Hey, you should build this. Right. Right. I'm like, you should know this is a thing that exists. And, um, and, and look for, uh, those, um, libraries, those assets and be aware of, of where they are so that you can access them. And, and so I guess in that respect, I, I, maybe I'm a kind of a bridge between the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I 
I relate with that a lot because obviously I'm traveling around with yeah. the bus and just showing it off. And like it's 2016 started a VR company and it was just because I tried on VR for the first time. I was like, other people have to see this. And yeah. I started spreading the word. So yeah. 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 So I'm definitely not like you in that respect. You know, like 2016, no, I was not uh, in the VR space at all. We're still so early that though right now in 2020. So yeah, I think so. And I think that the, you know, the business students not putting up their hands is, is evidence of that yes. because I don't know about you, but like, it's like, if you don't put up your hand, what you're telling me is you haven't tried it yet because once you have, yeah. you cannot not put up your hand. Yeah. <laughs> like once you try it out, unless you're one of the people that doesn't feel well, that I understand. Right. Yes. Yeah. But like, you know, we had John in, in the room today. Right. Yes. So it was me and you and Corey, who's building these things and, and John, who's a faculty as well, um, but he's not in the space, right? We put him in the headset and he's just like blown away, right? Like, wow, what is this? Yes. You know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I, and, and I think that magic, maybe that's what I'm here for is that magic and, and spreading that magic around. I love it. I love yeah. That. And I guess talking about magic and John's experience there. And you mentioned the MetaQuest 3. And yeah. so we played around with it a bunch, playing some multiplayer games and yeah. mixed reality. Um, what do you think that is bringing to, to education or just the evolution of VR, MR, XR in general? Um, to, to quickly go on a little bit of a tangent, I was in Carleton University yesterday and giving some demos. And I was there with a professor who I've known for seven plus years because um, he used to be at Brock University. And him trying it on, he was so blown away and saw that magic. And he's been in VR for seven plus years. And he was just saying it's it's the first time since the original Oculus that he's put on a headset. And he's like, okay, this is this is the next run on the ladder. Yeah. And so, yeah. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been saying for a little bit now that AR is the tipping point. Um, for adoption, for big adoption, right? You know, and it, and it has to do with that. It, and maybe it's because of the fact that you can see the the regular world around you. Uh, um, it just, I don't know. It, I think it just makes it even more accessible for people. Um, and it's interesting to have the college university divide too, because. You know, I'm coming from the university system myself and, and I'm new in the college system. Um, and uh, I think the college system is ripe for AV and VR because we are more hands-on, more practical, more experiential as opposed to the university system, which, you know, to make broad generalizations here, um, at least, you know, for as a sociologist or human geographer, like, you know, lectures, 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 right? Um, but that being said, you know, there's no reason why though that education can't also be enriched by this, you know, uh, and, and, you know, it, it's that experiential piece. And we, we got pretty geeked out earlier, you know, in, in lab today, uh, just sort of, you know, talking about how that, how that's going to continue to expand and, and and uh become more um developed um you know why can't um 
why can't we also have that for the university students as well? You know, it's, it's one thing to read history. It's another thing to experience it in some way. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of, I'm very curious and we haven't talked about this yet. Um, I saw that you had the Ray-Ban glasses. I do. I ordered them. They're coming. Amazing. Yeah. So you, (laughs) what are your, what are your thoughts there of that compared to the MetaQuest 3? Yeah, so so uh, so it's interesting because uh, Enreal also just dropped their their uh, new uh, well they're coming in November right two, I think. so yeah, yeah so that and so that's actually like AR right, right? as opposed to the Meta Air or sorry the uh, the Meta AI uh, which is uh, which doesn't have the IR function right. um, but it um, but uh, it does uh, so it's it's a little bit different. But it what it does, it, I, I think, is um, is help think through that interactivity with uh, the world around us, because um, you know AR is not AI, right? And so, you know, I think that the what the meta AI is is going to do is 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 move us in that direction of of you know getting data from the world around us that it's not just that the direction we're moving in is not just about overlaying a digital layer over the physical realm it's also about us having even more uh inputs um through from the physical world through the digital layer and so one example uh, for example i would give is like um, you know, and I found this by accident. I don't know if you know this, but I was looking through my photos the other day and, uh, on my iPhone mm-hmm. and what do you got? Do you have iPhone? Uh, Google. You have Google. Google. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I was looking through my photos and iPhone has, uh, uh, a little icon at the bottom of the photo gallery that you can tap and it'll tell you things like where the picture was taken, mm-hmm. what zoom you used. And there's all this data that metadata that goes right, with right. the photo. Right. Uh, it'll tell you like, oh, you know, this is Jackson in the picture. And do you want to see more pictures of Jackson? And uh, I was just skimming through. And and this is so cool. Like, there's so many things happening in the space that, you know, uh, this uh, professor, uh, Ethan from Wharton posted the other day. You know, he's like, I am a full-time AI researcher with a team of researchers and I can't keep up. Like, this is what I do for a living and I can't keep up. So that gave me, that helped me feel a little bit better. <laughs> helped me feel better too. Yeah, <laughs> right? So, um, uh, so, uh, so I saw that uh, there was like a, a shape of a, of a, of an animal icon on the photo as I was streaming through photos. I was like, whoa, whoa, what's that? So I went back and I touched it and, um, what it did, it, what happened is it said, uh, this is a picture of a golden retriever. Would you like more details about this? No way. Yeah. So it scanned my image of my dog, yeah. identified it as a golden retriever, and then um, offered me to have information about that thing. Right. And so um, what I'm interested to see the development of from that perspective is you know, having eyewear, uh, that is feeding me inputs, um, by recognizing what's happening in the environment. And those inputs don't have to be visual per se. I think that's an interesting thing, right? Is like, it could be audible, right? Right. So meta could talk to me and say, well, that is, you know, 
this. That is a picture of this that, you know, you think about like, even like, uh, taking a tour, being a tourist, like, what is that statue? And tell me about the statue and getting like a, a speech in your ear about that statue. Right. As opposed to looking it up through a phone. Right. Or even look at, uh, the new chat GBT demos that are coming out where I don't know if you saw the one where they were working on a bike. Yes. You, you scan it in yeah. a photo and it yeah, walks yeah. you through. But if, if you just had your glasses on, it's like, hmm. okay, yep, yep, that's the part. You're touching the right part. Yeah. Take that off. Oh, that's the right Allen key and walks you through those yeah. steps and talks you through just like your your dad standing over you. Helping yeah. You out kind of yeah. Thing. This is something I'm really excited about. You know, it's, it's YouTube 100X, yes. right? So, like, how many YouTube videos have you watched oh, to learn how to do <laughs> stuff, right? Yes. Uh, we're about to get this, like, radical bump you know and and it's it's amazing for me how often i think about the matrix which is kind of cliche right um but then at the same time like you know those moments in the movie of like i need to fly a helicopter you know and like obviously it's not the same yes (laughs) but also at the same time like yeah that that's a thing we're moving towards this idea where like I'm just here and I need to learn something for this specific moment. We can do it with Google at the moment. It's just getting more media rich, media intensive, more tailored, more specific. Um, And I guess, you know, this is interesting as I'm talking out loud, you know, um, education is what I, is the thing that I use to change my life and my future. Um, That's, that's a big part of my story is it, and, and also it's a lot about self-learning, you know, and, uh, and now all of these incredible tools are being put out into the world that, uh, we, everyone has access to. And there's something about that for me. There's something about that democratization of access to information and being able to learn. I think that's really significant. It's huge. It's huge. Written on the side of our bus, like our, <laughs> our vision of expert VR is to build a collaborative future where education is accessible, engaging, and impactful for all. And it's it's exactly that. And thinking off the top of my head as well, like I I always reference the PWC study about VR versus traditional classrooms. Mm-hmm. It's four times faster to learn. Mm-hmm. You're four times more focused. Two hundred seventy five percent more confident coming mm-hmm. in, etc. And it makes me think like that four times faster to learn. That's just VR, but then you add on the AI things. Yes. Where there's yes. Companion yes. Yeah. So that's something that I, I, you know, because I know you as the VR guy, right? And and uh, we were talking with uh, Corey earlier about his thing that he did for the medical simulation lab, and um, you know, introducing ChatGPT into the room and and being able to then you know, the, the, uh, the augmented reality avatar, then you can talk to and engage with. Um, so, so that, you know, that man, there's so much happening. Like I can barely keep up with the ideas, but what are you seeing around? What are you, are, are you attentive to AI and how it's going to change expert VR, for example? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's it's on that front end and like we've yeah. been working with Georgian College for about a year now developing and training in AI with ChatGPT um, for those soft skills training mostly around like policing right now mm-hmm. like how do you interview uh, victims as well as perpetrators and, and etc. Um, but then on the back end as well like our developers now can feed in some of their code and it's 
this is newer VR code that not a lot of people know about. And you feed it into ChatGPT or into the GitHub AI, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called, uh, it's a co-pilot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you feed it in and the AI is able to be like, yeah, this is where the bug is and this is why it's mm-hmm. happening. Here's a suggestion in it. Okay. From what I've been told, like I'm not a programmer, but from what I've been told, it doesn't like solve the issue, but in when you hit a roadblock, it gets you over that roadblock so yeah. you can keep going. Yeah. yeah. And then what about the change in what in in what you produce, like ultimately? Like so today, for example, like you you know, going through the fire uh I don't know what it's called. Search and rescue. Search and rescue, yeah. right? So I don't there wasn't an AI I wasn't interacting with AI in that. So your partner is technically AI, but like okay. I said, he's not the, the sharpest tool in the tool. Shed, so he kind of <laughs> just follows you around. And, yeah. Yeah. But he is technically a very basic AI. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, like, so my, you know, my vision then is like that, uh, that a uh, mentor or coach, for example, could be in the room in the, in the, in the VR space, for example. Yeah. And could be coaching me, could be talking to me. I could be talking or interacting with them. Is that something that you see in the future yeah no, that's a that's a great point i haven't thought of the, about it too much but um you didn't get to see it but i was explaining how you get a debrief after you go through search yes you yeah, yeah. transcript and everything yeah but it, it's just an email and it has a bunch of text right that you can read through and you sit down with your professor hopefully right your trainer and they'll go over it but i can see how with an ai it gets all that data and then you step down like you step out of the virtual search and rescue room into another virtual room and there's your avatar, mm-hmm. like, let's say, Fire Chief Michael that's right. sitting there across yeah. from you. And Fire Chief Michael yeah. is going to then go through that debrief yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll, I'm, I'm curious to see how that unfolds. I know that the, you know, Corey was mentioning like uh, that the the um, the pause, the delay is a little bit like a bit of a thing to confront in terms of that back and forth. I, I, I think less so because like, you know, you just accept it, right? Like, okay, so that, you know, the coach is a little, there's a half second delay and you just kind of like work it into your experience. Yeah. But um, the opportunity to to have that kind of one-to-one, I think is is a game changer. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I mean, we're, we're talking about what I see as, uh, you know, education moving, finally moving out of the industrial era model. Oh, Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we've been in those those desks and PowerPoints for so many years. And I guess going back to the like, kind of briefly talked about mixed reality with the, the, the Quest 3, I'm curious though, like, where are your thoughts there of like virtual reality and where that's applicable versus mixed reality and where that's applicable? Ah, yeah, interesting. Well, I think that, I mean, I'm I'm guessing, I'm thinking that in the long run, we can make an assumption that AR will, will continue to be integrated into daily life. So for me, AR will be your phone, right? It's going to be there all day, every day. Yeah. Um, and so one thought that comes to mind then is, is, is getting ready for that world is starting to, to get training in, um, an AR in an, 
in an augmented world that includes augmented reality, that mixed reality piece. Um, and so that that's something that comes to mind, firstly. Um, I think that uh, also that there is a there is a, a benefit to that richness and that fidelity that we have from real world physical environments. Yes. Um, I think that there's something to that. And so that could be something like, you know, you can go into maybe a, a workshop, a real workshop, but uh, get trained using an augmented reality uh, piece of equipment, right? for example. Um, and uh, I think also the benefit long-term is I feel like there will be um, I feel like the, the number of hours or the period, the duration of time that people can tolerate VR mm. will be less than AR for sure. I have right. a sense there. I think right now, like we kind of recommend to a lot of people at 15 to 20 minute mark, sometimes if they're going in for the first time less, or maybe we we'll want to give them a demo, so maybe more, but like in that range versus like you're saying, you could have a pair of glasses on that's you're always on the phone that you're able to, to connect with. So definitely a, a lot longer being in there. Yeah. And then also I think there there's probably something to be said for real world people interaction as well. Yes. Right. So it's interesting that like, you know, so, so yes, you know, we were talking about, well, imagine we could make the, uh, the avatar AI powered. Right. Or they could be, I guess you could have other people in the room on, in another headset appear as digital avatars. Uh, but maybe there's something to be said also for just letting there be physical humans in the space, too. Um, and mixed reality supports that. Right. Right. So um, and maybe that's an interim step. I, I don't know. As the technology unfolds, you know, maybe you know, we, we're not able to get that high fidelity, uh, virtual reality, uh, space going quite yet. So until we get there, uh, we'll do mixed reality and I can have an actual live human in the space. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting thoughts. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how far off, uh, you know, what, uh, what Lex and Zuck pulled off in their podcast. I don't know how far off that is from like a big rollout. Right. Yeah. It's, it seems like on one hand it's, far off because you need to go get all those scans but then i remember i was talking with somebody on linkedin and i shared an article i think from upload vr and there was some sort of prototype of how you could get those kodak i've seen yeah yeah so, so, like, so you never know yeah, like oh, is, is that really working yeah. or like are you just like publishing something to get like some attention right. quickly right. right i don't know um yeah so so yeah and it, it sounds like too, from what you're saying with the example of like the workshop, it's kind of like if you have the resources or the space, then maybe mixed reality is the solution because you can you can go into that workshop and you can get the demo in augmented mm. reality, but on the physical machine. Yes. Yeah. Or for search and rescue, if you have the building to go through, yep. you can set up fires and victims and everything. Yeah. But if you have a little classroom and you want to use that classroom for 50 different scenarios yes. and things, yes. then Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, and I don't, I don't know that also that like, yeah, I think that's a great response because it's not an either or right. it's not that one is better. It's just which tool do you need for which scenario? Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, let me look at my questions here. Um, 
But yeah, are we talking about virtual reality? And if, if we have the space, one of the ideas we were chatting about was uh, the VR gymnasium. Yes. Like that. So uh, you had a lot of amazing ideas around yeah. it. Yeah. Kind of explain the concept we were talking about. And yeah. Ideas around it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what were you were talking about? And in, in, uh, just put up your hand if I start to talk about things I'm not allowed, not no, supposed no, to share. I think it's all. <laughs> but yeah, but you were talking about. Uh, um, this uh, emergency response sort of situation scenario thing where um, you have a command center, I think you were saying. You're like, so maybe we could have like a, a let's say like a, a city block, yeah. right? And uh, maybe there's an explosion. Yes. And now you've got fire and EMS and police and who knows who else on site and some non-playable characters like journalists even yeah. like, you know, and... Uh, and how um so then we started thinking about how you know all of those act all of those um players could be humans wearing headsets mm -hmm. right and we could all be interacting in this kind of virtual space let's say um and we were talking also about you know this um the this uh the movement issue movement yes. with joystick or movement with foot foot movement right yeah um and uh, and then we were we were thinking through um, the idea that uh, you know wouldn't it be cool if if we had this so we have this large space like a gymnasium let's say um, and we could put uh, twenty five people in the gymnasium and and they could be and the and it's a hollow deck right like so so everyone you know is now in the city block and they're all playing these different parts, these different roles. Um, and then we started thinking, okay, if we could, if we could have like six people from Kingston and then there are six people in London in a gymnasium that has the same dimensions and we can anchor everything so that um, when I'm standing in the Southwest corner of the space, everyone else that's beaming in sees me in the Southwest corner of the space, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, uh, so that, that sounded really cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think Corey had an amazing idea too, of like, how could we go even further than to maybe segment the gym a little bit where we have an extra room. That's the, the emerge room. So we, yes. have, we have yeah. doctors in there. Yeah. Yeah. So that the paramedics yes. around on the street Yeah, and then they walk over to the ambulance and there's an ambulance driving simulator. Yes. Maybe they jump into that. They have to yes. drive it. And then when they get out the the door, now they're at the hospital and the doctors are there and they're able to yes. hand off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think too, I, I didn't think of it until right now, but you brought up the the journalists, I believe. And I, I think hmm. that's a really interesting idea too, because as, as I've been thinking about this idea over the past couple of months and what we're trying to build toward in five plus years, probably until we'll get there, but um, always just thinking about paramedics fire police mm -hmm. but bringing in somebody like a journalist in there it's like they can be there trying to ask questions sure. as the emergency is going on but then afterwards it's like that opportunity that okay one of the students has to pretend to be the police chief and they have to talk to the journalists about what happened there and go through yes scenario. yeah and that that scenario building i think is pretty uh fantastic you know in the scenarios that i've done in real world it's like okay me and like my partner who's playing the the injured person right and then it and then like there's no one else involved and it's like that's not life yeah 
right? You know, so a lot of the training I did was at the Y, right? So, you know, I mean, I did an evacuation at the Y once, full-scale evacuation because of a nauseous substance in a, in a stairwell. Um, I couldn't, I was, I couldn't, I was choking. I couldn't breathe. Like, and, uh, so we did a fully back and it, that was, this was, uh, just after I think the, the London bombings. Um, so everyone, which was just at not too many years after nine 11. Right. Uh, so people were still on high alert. Um, and, uh, you know, that is such a more complex scenario and involves so many more variables and like, like staff. So I was the point at that time I was acting manager at the time. So I was in charge and, and like all of the, the staff running to me and saying, you know, what do we do? And all the members and like, you know, so, you know, like it's just such a, a, such a more complex situation than, uh, you know, maybe just like a broken leg or something. And so the ability to simulate that, uh, would be quite fantastic. You know, and it's hard, uh, as we talked about, you know, it, one of the things is always it comes down to resources, resources of time, resources of money. Um, so if you think through a room the size of the gymnasium, for example, you know, you could invoke all of these uh, uh, virtual avatars that could play a role in all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a part of our conversation, too, and something that I've I've been thinking of is you, you have that large scale um, ability to have everybody come together. But then if you can build that modularly, then you can have one person at home with virtual avatar yes. practicing one thing. Yeah. Then you come together and yes. you can practice once a year or whatever. Yes. That, that time yeah. Is. And so that sort of co-location piece is interesting, right? Yes. It's fascinating. Yes. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to do this kind of rapid fire. Sometimes it turns into tangents. Oh, I think but... I've seen you do this. Okay, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so, Basically, I just have like a bunch of okay. words related to what we'd be talking about, but also yeah. not, and just to kind of get a vibe of, uh, yeah, who you are and your thoughts. So I'll go, I'll say a word or two, and then okay. you respond with whatever comes to mind. Okay. First. All right. First one, pop culture. Pop culture. Uh. <laughs> right turn, I know. <laughs> Ick. Ick. No, I don't know. What, what about pop culture? I don't think I know much about it. Um, uh, I think it's the default. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, conference or conferences? Love conferences. Um, uh, a great opportunity to connect with others, to network, to get exposed to other ideas, to see parts of the world, uh, that I haven't seen before and happy to come to conferences anytime and every time. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, the sharing of the minds is important, and and also it, and also the opportunity to socialize, particularly for academics who spend a lot of time alone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you got your office on campus, and yeah. you're there for most of the time. Yeah. Um, don't know if you have an opinion on this one because I know you're not technical like me, but Unity or Unreal, or any thoughts? Of yeah. That? So I uh, I've used Unity a little bit, so uh, I don't so I don't have much to say about Unreal. Uh, but I have some love for Unity because as a non-technical person, um, you know, I've been able to um, get some item, get some item asset. I got an asset at a Ready Player Me. Yeah. I got an asset uh, from Sketchfab. I joined those assets in Blender and shipped them to Unity. 
and got them up into spatial. Okay. Um, and so, yes, Unity's great. Agreed, agreed. We use Unity at Expert VR, but I'm also a fan of Unreal and Epic and everything they're doing. But yeah, no, we're glad to hear that you're into Unity as well. Um, right at the start, we talked about NFTs. Yeah. Educational NFTs, thoughts, anything that comes to What's mind. an educational NFT? So I I like to think of it, uh, yeah, that's, I guess, why I asked the question. I like to think of it as, number one, just your diploma as an NFT, so that it's something that is verified. So credentials, like credentials start on the blockchain. Yeah. But I also look at it as I could see a future where there's a uh, virtual bookstore in the metaverse of your school where you okay. go in and there's an NFT of like a, um, I don't know, a fire helmet. And you have to you purchase that and that mm -hmm. gives you all the course material that you'll need for the fire program at mm -hmm. that school. But then it's also something that now you can wear that in the metaverse or you can mm -hmm. use it for other things. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, that's great. Um, uh, there was a report put out by uh, eCampus Ontario recently actually uh, about uh, what they call uh, digital badging. Um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be on the blockchain, right? It can be though. And there's benefits to that. Um, you know, the non fungibility, the security. Um, so I think there's, uh, I think there's a benefit to it. Um, it doesn't have to be done that way though, for sure. Um, and, uh, in terms of, um, you know, using it to gain access to resources. Yeah. That can work too. Yeah, absolutely doesn't have to be done that way um it can be done without the blockchain tech so i don't i don't know that i can pitch really hard to go that way per se um yeah okay interesting interesting um the metaverse yeah yeah what about it what are your thoughts? what are my thoughts when you yeah. hear the metaverse like <clears throat> i think a lot of people may have like a negative terminology or yeah. thoughts about it like what do you think when you hear yeah the spatial computing right yeah <laughs> Oh man, this is a great question, you know, because I've been running the show for a couple of years right, now. Yeah, you know, what is the metaverse? Um, Maybe that's a good place to start. How would you explain the metaverse? Like, how do you describe it? In well, or... yeah, so, and it depends on the audience as well. And I also know that the, that is a thing. Like, let's define it. You know, what is it? Um, actually, we had this question. I, I did a panel for uh, DCN Global, uh, they had a conference in Sydney, Australia, a couple of weeks ago. And it was interesting because I started by saying, well, I'm probably not going to be liked very much after I say this, but I interpret the metaverse extremely broadly, as I said at the beginning of, the, of our interview today. Um, you know, for me, I'm interested in all of the things that are digital that intersect with our lives. And and the metaverse can, can mean, can include uh, full virtual reality. Uh, it can, I, I, I know some people will argue that it has to be blockchain based. Um, I, I think that the, the blessing and curse of the metaverse is that it is a very big term and is used very, uh, flexibly. Um, I think the way that I, as I said in the earlier, at the start of the show, um, I'm fascinated by, the the digital layer of our lives that and it happens in in you know i i don't know how old you are but i i'm i'm one of the 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 remaining generations 
that uh, got to live life, um, you know, pre-digital. Yeah, I'm I'm 27, so oh, I so you're a kid. <laughs> I will say I didn't have TV growing up, so like I was outside a lot and got okay. some of the best of both worlds. But you know, yeah. Um, and so you know, I just I've watched the 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 spawning of the digital uh, uh, layer of of life on planet Earth. Um. And, uh, you know, to make the, whatever the, the metaverse might be, um, it's digital first and foremost, it's the digital world. Um, and as I say, like that can, that can mean getting into a virtual reality headset and visiting a virtual world. Um, but, uh, I, I like to see it more broadly, more openly that, um, that we're all living in the metaverse and that sometimes that means paying for things electronically. I had a really interesting experience the other day. Um, I bought my meta AI glasses yeah. and so I'm standing at the register and I, and I bought also a pair of uh, Ray-Ban aviators Okay. so I can be cool like Tom Cruise. <laughs> my daughter's so wonderful. She's 10. She's like, daddy, you look like Tom Cruise. I was like, I'll take these. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I go up to the register and, and, uh, and, uh, ready to pay and I pull up my card and I put my card in the thing cause it's a large purchase at this point. And so I've got to, I've got to put it in and pin it, you know, and, uh, and I press enter and, and I had the strangest experience. I felt this like electricity, like flow through my arm, through my body. Like I felt like, like. Like energy was 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 going somewhere through the the payment um, uh, mechanism, right? Right. You know? um, and uh, so I just feel like we were living, we're we're entering into this very strange part of human civilization where the digital and the and the physical is is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Um, and uh so for me the metaverse is all of it it's all of it um how are we augmenting human life through the digital layer right yeah interesting yeah oh i love it uh we'll continue feel free to hate in the comments if you want (laughs) (laughs) sorry not to though michael's amazing so (laughs) but uh to continue on we got four more here so um education changed my life really like i have so much that i owe to the the fact that there's this thing that i can do that humans can do called learning mm-hmm. um what sets us apart yeah yeah no yeah and um so i when you say education i just feel I feel grateful for that fact, for the fact that there is learning and that there is teaching in the world because um, I would not be living the life I am today, not for that. Um, And uh, it's one of the defining human experiences is is the ability to learn and grow. And uh, so um, education is a very big, big word for me. 
and uh, I'm I'm always trying to learn more, and I'm always uh, supportive of people that want to learn more. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, like, cut your Netflix time budget in half and learn something. Right. You know, not the quasi informative mockumentary stuff that's there, politics aside, and and the slants that maybe you know are are presented in that way, but like. And I'm not saying like, I'm not, I'm trying, I'm trying to be respectful and, you know, but like, I just, I feel like the more that I can make my daily life about learning, the more amazing and miraculous being alive becomes. And so this kind of thing right now, what we're doing, the fact that this is in my life, like I'm incredibly grateful and I feel incredibly blessed. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. All of it. Uh, Three more. Uh, we'll go rapid fire for these last three. So, favorite book? You get the wrong guy. Yeah, realize that. <laughs> no, right? no, it's great. It's great. It's good. My favorite book? Well. Yeah. Favorite Seven book. Habits of the High of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. I've been re- meaning to reread that. Uh, favorite movie? Talking about Netflix. Oh, I can't. I I'm not going to be able to pick. Um, <laughs> the first one that comes to mind often is The Matrix. Okay. Yeah. Very applicable. <laughs> And then uh, lastly, I guess this one might be a little I'm doing better. Rapid fire. See that? This week's top XR blockchain news that comes to mind. Um, Well, Quest 3 came out last week, but that's the first thing that I get to. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really interested in meta AI chatbots. Yeah. Very interested in that. Yes. Yeah. Can't wait to explore them as well. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, well, in, available in Canada sometime soon. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, to to end us off, just uh, two two last questions. Number one, who should we have on the podcast next? Who else should I be chatting? Oh with? my gosh! Oh, we've had so many amazing guests. So I'm curious who, either from the guests or just colleagues that you know. Oh, jeez! Um, it caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> Rethink for a second. You done Victory XR? No, no, but I've been chatting with a few people there, so. Yeah, bring Victory XR on. Yeah, John King? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I'm connected with him on LinkedIn, so yeah. if not, I will. Make I can sure. connect you. Okay, amazing. Thank you. Yeah. All right, John King. And then um, you're working on so many amazing, amazing projects from on the blockchain to making yes. metaverse yes. to what you're doing yeah, yeah. At, at school. Um, what current projects would you like to shout out? Is there anything that if somebody's watching, they might be able to help with uh, anybody that you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, you know, what I really, uh, what I'd really love to be able to do. And, and you described this with your, that you did this with your team to make the, the police directing traffic thing. Um, you know, I, I would love, I I'm working on getting some kind of, of special event hackathon, something uh that would um give the students a chance to uh build something in in uh vr xr ar um and uh so to make that happen um i need partners outside outside partners uh sponsors would be great um so that uh that's something that i could really benefit from some support on or or people that want to partner on and get involved with so yeah well, I can say first of all that I'm happy to yeah, partner great. and consult in any way we can. And <laughs> Fantastic. I, like we did our own and I know other schools that have done them. So yeah. 
connect you with people. That have awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I think lots of ideas around that. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, Michael, thank you for coming on. My friend. Oh, wow. It's so cool to be like, such a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Awesome.